Recorded live.
Spirit of God, you know good people. You know good people. And we have that testimony that I'm a big sis and she's my little sis. And boy, the devil is in trouble. So without any further ado, the next voice you will hear, I'm going to get out when and uh, Evangelist Mabel Mack will come forth. Now, she may take the whole hour and a half, and she may not, but all through the utterance of the Holy Ghost. Evangelist Mabel Not just a high 
holy. And and it says you may experience great success in life. You might become a great doctor, a lawyer, a business person, or a world leader. But the greatest occupation we'll have is being an ambassador to the lost, those that are out there, those who do not know Christ. Um, and, and we should not take this lightly. Take it lightly. We have a great, it's a great privilege um, to be authorized by heaven to extend God's love and forgiveness to the lost. How awesome is that? God has put a task before us and a task on us, and we should not take it lightly. Um, so we want to go in over into the second part, the responsibility. We are debtors to the law, and we must remember that. And as an ambassador, you have not only a great privilege, but also a great responsibility. We have a great responsibility, not just a responsibility, but a great one. Um, Second Corinthians 5 and 19 tells us that God was in Christ reconciling to the world, to himself, reconciling the world to himself, not charge their uh, trespasses to them, but was committed to us the word of reconciliation. Uh, the mature believer who loves God and loves the lost will consider witnessing to be both a great privilege and a responsibility. A great responsibility. What an honor it is to be represented, to represent heaven. Amen. What a great honor. And when we go out, this is one of the things that we really need to uh, keep on the forefront of our minds that it's a great opportunity to just witness to people. We should wake up in the morning and ask God, Lord, put somebody in my path that I can talk to, that I'll be able to tell them about you and about your goodness. Because we have to remember the word gospel simply means good news. And we need to learn how to tell people the good news about God. And when we tell them um, later on in the lesson, we will tell you the do's and don'ts of how to do this. But let's move forward. Um, I'm trying to teach this on a high level. Um, and, you know, you may take notes from it. And if you have any questions at the end, you may ask me. If I don't have the answer for you, I promise you I will research and get an answer for you. Amen? So let's look at um, when, when we think about what a great honor it is to represent heaven, to extend God the good news um, of the gospel and share the light of Jesus with people in spiritual darkness. And we have to remember when we're witness, witnessing, we have to be um, aware of our surroundings. Amen. We have to really be aware of our surroundings. Paul understood both the privilege and the responsibility. Romans chapter 1, verse 14 through 16 clearly shows the responsibility he felt to preach the gospel. You know, Paul was one of the greatest writers in the uh, New Testament, not taking anything away from the other writers, but Paul wrote most of the New Testament. So we thank God for, for Paul, amen? 
and I just showed you where the power lies. Because who is the power? It is God. Amen? So I just praise God for the word. I'm trying to stay calm so I can get through this without being preaching, but teaching it. Amen? So let's move on to the third part, uh, which is personal evangelism and the fundamentals of Christian work. I'll repeat that. The third part of this is personal evangelism and the fundamentals of Christian work. When we go into this, we look at um, where where should we witness? Remember, as I'm talking uh, on, on this part of the lesson, we want to uh, keep in mind that we are making this personal to us. Okay? Soul winning is an awesome task. It's an awesome task. So we have to keep in mind when we make something personal, um, we'll be more, um, we'll have more compassion about it. Uh, the mission field is everywhere, whether it is at home, and we know um, charity begins at home, then spread abroad. We know the word declares that. But uh, it says whether at home, in the community, in our workplace, in our country, or to the uttermost part, uttermost part of the earth. And you'll find this in Acts 1, verses um, 8. And I want to go there. Go to Acts um, 1 and 8. I love the scripture. When I first received the Holy Spirit and I read this, oh my, it gave me, it let me know that I had something on the inside that that I was uh, forced to be reckoned with, you know. And the Word of God says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Once we received the Holy Ghost, he gave us, that. this is something that's inside of us, his spirit is inside of us, and it is so powerful because he said we receive power. Not just to be where we are, but he said it goes abroad. It, it carries out. You know, he said, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and to all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So when we see that, it lets us know that it's just not just for home, or not just for um, in our church, or you know, it's to go out. It's to go out. This is what evangelism is. It's the person who goes out. Remember we talked about that at the beginning. Uh, he says that when does Christian work begin? Now, personal evangelism or witnessing does not have to wait until we are mature. We don't have to wait until we are mature because the word says the day we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive power. And if you don't know what one scripture um, I can't quote but one scripture. 
please get understanding of what that scripture is saying. It's not just to quote something, but get a full understanding of what you're saying. So when you go out to talk to people and they ask questions, you'll be able to explain to them what the Word of God is saying. Uh, even if you, you know, uh, a lot of people can tell you about, I brag about, I read the whole Bible so many times, but then you'll ask them a question and they don't, they can't give you um, what the Word is truly saying. They really do not know how to rightly divide the Word. So if you read the whole Bible and get no understanding, because you know um, um, our only pro uh, prophetess spoke to us on Tuesday night and tell us what she kept repeating, and all you'll get and get understanding. You can get wisdom. You can have wisdom because that's a principal thing and that's good. But in all you're getting, we must get some understanding. Amen? So we thank God for her teaching on that. And I'm not going back into her lesson, but um, we just thank God that uh, when she was mentioning that, she was actually setting things up for me. <laughs> and I praise God for her for that. So let's continue to move on. Um, we said that um, we don't have to wait to be mature Christians. This should therefore be a daily task. The more we witness, the more likely we are to lead souls to Christ. The harvest is ready and waiting to be reaped. If it is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost that does the work in the heart, our role, therefore, is just to be available vessels. Amen. Just to be available vessels uh, to take the word in all sincerity and with compassion to others. We have to have a compassion for the word, a zeal for the word, a zeal for God. Amen. What with my time here? <laughs> and um, there are methods of evangelism. There are several methods of evangelism, none of which are better than the other. We will name a few, but continue to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. The attitude we have when witnessing must be like Paul, who is on the road to Damascus. And when he was out, when he was on his on the road to Damascus, and the Lord says, "What will?" And Paul, when Paul had the encounter with Jesus, right? Paul asked him a question. He said, "Lord." What would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? And I have um, five little bullet points here. Personal evangelism with one-to-one -one contact to share verbally. All right, there is a disturbance. Um, we can um, go out and pass out um, tracts or distribute tracts, literature from the Bible. That and um, we're talking here about as Paul asked, What would you have me to do? So we should ask God, Would He fill us with this Holy Spirit? God, what would you have me to do? How can I go out and be a witness, but not just a witness for you, but be an effective witness? Because we don't want to just be saying words, but to be an effective witness, it will cause people to change. And one of the biggest ways to cause people to change is your life. Because we may be the only Bible that people will ever read. So that's why when we say we're something, we have to give it. 
another one is uh, witnessing publicly. Go from house to house with visitation. Uh, we can um, witness by preaching, teaching, and practicing the word of God. Hear what I, I, I said? Preaching, teaching, but most of all, practicing the word of God. Um, my next bullet point would be um, Christian work should be done in love. Think if you get nothing else, or you can get, don't get anything else out of the lesson tonight. Remember, I don't care what we do, we must do it in love. And people are not crazy. They know when you are genuine or not. They know when you have a genuine love for outreach or genuine love for people. That's why I said earlier that we have to make it personal. So my next uh, part here, it says, uh, only God can put this love within us, so we need to seek him for it. We can't do it on our own. We have to seek him for it. We can, therefore, be ambassadors of Christ, preaching the message of reconciliation. And I'm going to be throwing out a lot of scriptures out um, tonight. Um, you can jot them down, and you can go back and get them for yourself. I may not quote a lot, um, a lot of them, but I still will give you uh, a lot of scriptures, and you can go back and read them for yourself. But there are some that I feel that I really need to um, to expound on or read to you. Um, if you go to Second uh, Corinthians five, chapter five, verse seventeen through twenty-one, it says, "Even as we have been ministered to, we ought to minister to someone else." One reach one. If somebody took the time out to pray for you. Somebody took the time out to minister to you, to bring you to Christ. So we should feel the very same thing. Somebody did it for us, then we need to try to do it for somebody. This is what uh, evangelism is all about. Um, when we also look at the fact that um, faith in the Word of God is an essential in His Christian work, we must have faith in the Word of God. Faith in the Word of God is having faith in God. God's promises are true, and he tells us to ask him, and he will give us the nation as an inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for possession. And if you can find this in Psalms chapter 2, verse 8. It says, how can we try to lead others unto Christ if we don't have faith in his word? You can't do it because people going to see through you. They will see through that. So we don't want to go out there being a fake because when you become a fake, then now you're not real, you're counterfeit, and how can God um, speak through you with that nonsense? Because the real genuine love is not going to be there. Amen? People will know. I promise you people will know. And when you say you something, live it to the best of your ability. Live this, live it. It's not hard. All it takes is a made-up mind. It becomes hard when your mind is not made up because it's almost like you you're in between. And if you're in the middle, guess what? You're going to get hit from both sides. You're bound to get hit. So 
they already know it. But um, you don't have to point out their faults. That's not what soul winning is. We must learn how to tell people how good Jesus is. Um, the good news, that's what the gospel is about. And I think um, the first the first four um, gospels, um, the four gospels are, are are the ones who actually um, went out and, and they won souls as well. You know, they were evangelists. Um, so we must learn how not to be overbearing to a person um, because that, I think that's one of the great turnoffs when we go and try to beat the word over a person's head. They're not going to receive you. And we must remember it is the Holy Spirit who convicts. The Holy Spirit will do that. And if you are walking under and under the anointing of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit, it will teach you and it will begin to speak for you. All you have to do is open your mouth and God will speak through you and witness through you the next, to the person that you're witnessing. So we need to keep that in mind. Um, therefore, we need to ask God, and I just said, to guide us and pray that he will bring conviction to the heart of the person that is being ministered to. And I can take it to the Word. You can go to St. John chapter 4, verses 7 through 34. Um, the third um, point I want to make is knowledge. A clear understanding of the word is necessary as well as how to use it. The best person to ask about the Bible is the author, and the author is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, who will teach us all truth. Amen. I tell you, that that's a praise point there. That is a praise point right there. The fourth is faith. This absolute belief in God, in his word, and the power of the gospel. There should be the assurance of the inner Christian work of heart that the word of God will not return unto him void, and, um, but it will have effect, and it will go out and do what it, uh, and accomplish those things that he sent it out to. Uh, and we know that came from Isaiah 55. And it says, there should we should trust in the promise of God, which says that he will reward those who diligently seek him. Isn't that awesome? When we seek God, and I mean when we are just faithful in seeking him and we diligently seek him, the word of God says he will reward us. And God is not a, a God who should lie. So we need to understand that. If God's word said, we need to learn how to trust God's word, as I stated earlier. The next part is love and compassion. We can't talk about that enough. Um, these are essential because this is the only way we have devotion towards and the mercy for lost souls. We must have a love and a compassion. Um, the next part that goes with love and compassion, I think those two go hand, these go hand in hand. We must have a zeal, the burning desire and eagerness to see the souls of men return to God. You know how you were. So when we 
we see our brothers and our, our brothers and sisters out there doing things that we know is contrary to God's word, we don't go and beat the word over them, but it's for us to go in our secret closet and pray for them. Pray until something happens. Because remember, somebody did it for us. This is a desire to be to see righteousness prevail. And this desire is accomplished by enthusiasm. And the Lord allows this zeal to be accomplished by his self-denial. We must have self-denial. The next part I want to talk about is patience. Oh, my God. We must all have patience. Uh, this is the necessity, especially in one-to-one evangelism. The witness must exercise self-control. Calmness, endurance, perseverance, and forbearance. This is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. And remember I said a, a part of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, one fruit made up of nine parts. That it has been cultivated and allowed to blossom in our lives. When we have patience, In other words, uh, self-control, calmness, endurance, perseverance, and forbearance. We must possess that. Another part is faithfulness. We recognize the Great Commission as the order of our Commander-in-Chief. We must see witnessing not as a hobby only, but as a duty and an obligation to God. Faithfulness. Faithfulness.
praise God and, and where they are. You have to learn how to meet a person exactly where they are. Or so another way of looking at it is reaching down and pulling them up to where we are or higher. Amen? The last bullet point on this topic will be responsibility. Here we go back to the word responsibility. The Lord has given us the responsibility to minister the word of life to those who are dying. The scripture says, how can they hear except a preacher? That's coming from Romans 10, 14b. The scripture also says that the whole creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For us to have these qualities in our lives, we must be fully surrendered unto the Lord. The Lord can only work with these qualities in us as we lay our all at the altar of the Lord. And so we thank God for that, um, that uh, part of it, uh, part four. So let's go into the last part. This one is a little lengthier than the other one. Um, I know I've kind of like... Um, gave you a lot of stuff, um, a lot of information um, in a short period of time, but I want to make sure that you were able to get it um, because, as you know, you can go back out here, go back out and and look at this again and, and you get on however you want to do it and take little notes, um, better notes on it, if you will. The last part, um, number five, oh, my talks about the do's and the do's and the don'ts of personal evangelism. In this part I'll be speaking on I'm going to talk about the do's first. Telling you the things that you can do to help you develop um, your evangelistic uh, skills. Um, and then in the latter part we'll talk about the don'ts, things that you shouldn't do. So let's look at the do's. There are some basic mistakes that we sometimes make in communication which turn people. Shame on us when we are caught guilty of doing this. But if you have been guilty of that in the past, or if you mistakenly make that mistake in the future, just pretend and move on. Amen? So the best way to reinforce good conversational skills in witnessing is to study the approach and the message that Jesus said. This is a message that Jesus talked about. Um, the do things to do. Uh, number one is uh, quietly pray for wisdom and anointing as you begin witnessing. Quietly pray for wisdom and anointing as you begin. And, and you will find this in um, the book of St. John, the 6th chapter, verse 7 to 13. Number two, it says, if it is appropriate to do so, try to put the person at ease by first engaging in a brief time of informational conversation. Just simply... Um, when you 
or talking to me about issues that they're having, first have to hear them out, what they're saying. But while you're listening to what they're saying, be praying quietly. Pray and ask God to give you the right words to say to them, um, a right word to help them in, in their situation. Um, it says, uh, when I say being a good listener, um, this is essential to be uh, to be an effective witness. Um, establish a two-way conversation. Nobody likes a one-way conversation. Nobody. God doesn't like it himself. That's why when you're praying, pray to God about a situation, and you're on one-on-one with God,
Titus said, the book of Titus and the book of Numbers said, when you give them that, that will let them know, okay, if you want to challenge the word, challenge it. Challenge it. If you want to do it, go ahead. Read the word and believe what God's word says. See the results. We'll put them in into the place of believing or place of reading the word because I've actually witnessed to some people before and one lady asked me to go buy her a Bible. She gave me the money to go get her a Bible. So I was like, okay, I'll go get the Bible. But to my surprise, this lady will come back every morning and she will ask me all kinds of questions. So they let me know she was sincere and she was getting what I was saying. And hey, guess what it did for me? It also made me study more because I said, okay, she's reading from Genesis to Revelation. So as she was reading, I got into the Word because the next morning when she comes in and asks questions, I want to be ready. So it works. It's kind of like the two-way, if you really want to look at it that way. It'll help also when you're witnessing and you get people to come into the fold. It will also compel you to study God's Word too, as well. So it works both ways. So now I'm going to the seventh bullet point. They keep your presentation as simple as you can. The gospel is amazing. When represented clearly and concisely, it can be grasped by even a young child. When you learn how to break the word down in elementary terms. Uh, now, I know when you're teaching and you're teaching a large crowd or you're witnessing to a large crowd, you don't know who all is in that crowd. So you must be able to uh, speak on different levels. Um, and still break the word down where everybody can understand it. But the main thing is you can make it as simple where a child can understand. And that is very important, while at the same time uh, profoundly impacting the thinking of a highly educated adult. Okay? Um, number eight, do everything possible to convey genuine love and concern by your words and expression. Faith of God, remember. When you are given the word, people look at body language as well. Sometimes body language speaks louder than words. Clearly, um, really explain the benefits of acceptance and the consequences of rejecting God's um, offer of salvation. Always give those who are ready an opportunity to receive Jesus. And I like to put this part in there. A salesman, um, a salesman calls this a closing or closing the sale uh, when you give the person the opportunity to receive. In other words, if you're witnessing to, to someone, Uh, the person uh, um, ask them to uh, would they like to receive Christ, and you can mostly tell. But that's the opportunity there. Um, after making your presentation, ask for a response. Want them to ask 
on what they have heard and hopefully make a commitment at that very moment. This is what we are all hoping for, to bring and pull somebody up out of hell and put them in heavenly places with them, so to speak, or give them the word of God. And this is our whole aim as we go out as evangelists. Now, those are the ten things that should do. Let's go into the uh, the don't. <laughs> and of course, you know the don't is almost always is just like uh, when you read um, Deuteronomy the twenty eighth chapter, how the first fourteen or fifteen verses is giving you all the good stuff, but when you get to the last part of it, all the way on down. It has a whole list of things. So this is kind of like that. These are the don'ts, the things that uh, we don't want to do. Number one, realize the urgency of the situation, and you want to express your concern over the condition of a lost person. But don't be too forceful. That approach turns people, or most people, it'll turn them away. In other words, because I, I know from my own personal experience, it turned me away. Uh, it all Sometimes it'll make you run and hide from the person. You really don't want to be bothered with them, you know. So we have to really be careful. Um, and you want them to act on what they have heard and hopefully make a, um, sorry, um, we must, uh, that approach turns most, most people away, and we must uh, be polite and considerate. An effective witness, don't be pushy or rude. Don't be impatient or express frustration. You're not going to win everybody. I'm assigned to that person. But the main thing is, uh, that's why we have to pray before we go out, pray before we witness, because we want to be led by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit. We have to keep that in mind. Most times I find when we get frustrated is when we want to. Now, the next part, I'm trying to keep up with my time. The next part. Um, it says, um, don't be too talkative. <laughs> Not be too talkative. And I've been guilty of that, I must confess. And I'm trying to get better at it, you know. Um, just that's why I've been here. <laughs> don't be too talkative, okay. Um, no one likes a one-sided conversation. Giving too much information can be confusing. Um, talking too long without pausing for a response can be very frustrating to the listener. And I have some scriptures to back that up. Um, when you get the time, go to James chapter 1, verse 19, and Proverbs 10, verse 19. Um, number three, don't assume a person is closed to the gospel because of the outward attitude or expression. If a person is living under oppression, it is 
sometimes related to his eyes, his facial expression or attitude. If you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you can tell it. Um, on the surface, it appears that he or she is interested, but but then they sometimes want to know God, even though um, you know interested, but maybe crying out from a hurting place, you know. Um, God's word. 
or try to answer unanswerable questions with someone who wants to argue. A word is, is plain. Never argue over God's word. Tell people what the words say. If they get upset, they're not upset with you. Because all we're doing is speaking what God's word says. So you don't want to get into that. Um, Paul gave us some good advice in 2 Timothy. Chapter 2, verse 24 and 26. He said, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Paul saying this. But be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So do not argue. following points should be explained when leading someone to Christ. And I'm, uh, I'm about at my closing here. I'm getting ready to close on this part of it. Recognize that you are a sinner. Back up. The following points should be explained when leading someone to Christ. Number one, recognize that you are a sinner and hopefully and hopefully lost without God. Let the sinner know um, and be able to explain it to them that if you don't have God's spirit and and he were to call you home tonight, where will you be? Sometimes you have to present stuff in, um, things into a question form. I did this earlier um, in and in that way, you're actually putting it on them. You're asking them a question. You know, where do you think you would be if you wake up in the morning? State that you are in. And then it also gives you an opportunity to tell them about heaven and hell if you had to talk about hell. But I prefer talking about heaven and letting them know um, that that's a beautiful place. And with our relationship with God, um, the next part, believe the good news that God sent Jesus Christ to take your place, die in your stead, to come to him on this level, and pay the full penalty for sin. Find this in Romans 5 and 8. And that he had he not only died, but was buried and was resurrected and is alive forever to be your advocate before God. I mean, that alone, <laughs> that alone should, uh, when you tell people this, the son of man this, and let them know, um, she's a lawyer. Lawyer. She's acting as a lawyer on our behalf. And, and most people, I found out that most people, when you tell them this part and you give them this scripture, it, it, it's an eye-opener for them. It's an eye-opener. And the next one, um, <clears throat> it says, and that he is able to save those to the utmost 
food come unto him, to God by him. The next one is confess that you are a sinner, a sinner guilty before God, and honestly lost. As you pray, realize that if that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto righteousness, unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you find this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and uh, through 10, and 1 John 1 and 9. And then, last but not least, closing on this lesson, have a prayer. Bring my 
little happy stuff right back where I'm supposed to flow at. And I I just thank God for his word, doing the work of the bachelor. And on Tuesday, no, the word was understanding, wisdom and understanding. And, you know, as she has said, you can have wisdom, but don't have understanding. <laughs> it's not going to cost you too much. Another example, I gave one on the other night, but another example, I got $750,000 in the bank. I got a bank card. And I know that I got to put my little card in the slot. But I do have to understand that when I put the card in there, I got to let it sit there until it says remove your card. Because if I don't, I'm not going to get no money. And it's my money. So that's just a small example but some people are like me when certain things are say in a click up here, if you don't click up here. If I don't have the understanding of it, I'm not going to do it. I do thank and I praise God. You know, and the word this morning, as we were in prayer, it came, the word came, know those labor among you. And when that dropped in my spirit, I also dropped in my spirit. I was praying and I taught myself praying to understand people. Because that's how I truly know them. And I'm like, where did I come from? So after prayer, I got my little iPad and went and looked up the definition for because in the Bible in Genesis and other places it say with Adam knew Eve well we all know what that means you know and it's not that I would have sex with my friends but that intimacy know them and then I saw comprehend in the word, and I saw uh, uh, discern, you know, when you be brown somebody uh, enough, you get to know their facial expression. You can tell when they're going through something. So just tell, and that's the whole part of knowing. And knowing is understanding. So we do say and pray. God, hallelujah, glory to God. What time is it? Thank you, praise God for this word, because truly, this is word, and I truly want everyone that partakes in these lessons to know I, I am in no wise trying to teach anyone how to be a prophet. Nor am I saying you can't say what God tells you to say. But I know that everything God shows you, everything God reveals to you, is not all.
showed me like a a sheet on the floor. That was the accord. And all these things were round them, one finger was the cord. Then all of a sudden, somebody stepped on the cord. So when the cord got ready to move, guess what? It was hard to move, and it was a little tear somewhere because all that weight being on the cord. But if everybody moved with the cord, when the cord moved this way, everybody goes that way. So this is what I'm saying. We are with one mind and in one accord. And I know the devil don't like it, but who cares? I know I don't, and I I really, really feel that you don't either. So you just thank and bless God for these classes. And again, as I said, Sam stands for prophetic. Holy activation in me. So I'm not sure what time it is. Praise God, but we don't want to take up too much of the time. We're getting uh, ready 15 minutes, getting ready to close 15 minutes early uh, today. Praise God. And I believe. Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, we have a tree. And Thursday, we will have more of a tree. My my mentor, Apostle Francis from Aitville, North Carolina. And I mean, she is true blue, praise God, and she will be with us. Praise God on next week. Praise God. And I just want to say, and I'll probably say it again. I've heard someone say, you know, you got to know what mentor is. You be calling people your mentor because I call them my mentor. I call them mom. But she's my mentor, praise God. And I, I had never really looked up that word. Bye. 
till till 